Welcome to The Clip Show. I'm Tiffany and I started a hair clip business out of my basement in Seattle in 2019 and it went from a one woman show to now a team of 15. I'm here actually chatting with someone new. Her name is Rebecca Schwartz Altholtz. And this is a really exciting conversation. It's our first interview that we're doing. And I'm really excited to have this chat with you. So thank you for coming on, Rebecca. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Okay, so I just want to dive in and like, well, first of all, we met on TikTok, right? Yes. We just met, I think maybe you replied to one of our um, posts and then- Yeah, I, I stitched one of your videos. Right, okay. Yeah, and then we became friends on there and now we see you all the time just like in our feed and <laughs> you are a, or you have a degree in sustainability- Yep. I just finished my master's in sustainability management. Ooh, okay. All right. So tell us all of it. Like, tell us your past yeah. and then where you are in your life right now. Yeah. So when I was an undergrad, um, I went to University of Wisconsin and I was studying political economics, you know, kind of more on like a cookie cutter path, you know, and it was around that time that social media started to blow up with all different sustainability ideologies. And we started with the reusable straws and banning the straws to save the turtles. And and I hopped on that bandwagon because I saw it on social media. And I've always like wanted to do something that would help people. And so mm -hmm. I thought like, yeah, I can cut out my straws to save some turtles. Like turtles are cute. And then it, it kind of just continued from there. Like I say that that and then like a reusable cup was sort of like my gateway drug into ended like ending up getting my master's in sustainability. So from there, I actually got a more traditional job at a financial technology software company where I worked for four years. And as I was there for at the time, it had been around two years and I had planned to make a switch, find a job in sustainability because my personal passion for sustainability was just growing. Um, and then the pandemic hit and the time to get a new job was not great. So I started to look for other ways that I could push my career in sustainability. And that's when I found my master's program. It's like with the Earth Institute and the climate school at Columbia. And so they've built out this great master's program. And so I applied not thinking I would get in and I got in. And then simultaneously while I was working, I finished the master's. And since I had started my sustainability journey on social media, I also, as I learned more, um, I felt it was sort of my role, but also I was excited to share everything I was learning on social media because I found that just like I did, everyone is consuming so much on social media. And so I thought like, instead of seeing what I'm wearing today, maybe you could understand why it's better that it's secondhand and you know all the bad elements of fast fashion. And so I started sharing first on Instagram, then on TikTok. Um, and I've really grown into this role as a sustainability educator um, on social media, and that, that's how we found each other. So that's mostly what I'm doing right now. And I'm you know, freelancing and working with businesses to help develop sustainability strategies um, and specifically with communications. And that was sort of how I was responding and stitched your video um, because so many brands are really struggling with it. So that's what I focus my time on. Cool. So you got your degree from Columbia with in sustainability. What kind of things do you learn like in a in a master's program for sustainability? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so this one's sustainability management. So it's sort of like the way I describe it is the intersection mm -hmm. between environmental science and an MBA. 
and basically oh. how businesses can be profitable while still incorporating the planet into it. So I took classes like sustainability reporting. So helping businesses develop a sustainability report and really learning all of the back end of what all the different sustainability reports are. And then our final project was actually finding a client and producing a report for them, which was super cool. Sort of similarly, a greenhouse gas class. So just learning all about greenhouse gases, where they come from, how do they interact with our environment? And then also our final project for that class was working with a business to create a greenhouse gas inventory. um, So to calculate all of their emissions and kind of showing them where they could potentially lower their emissions if they were interested. Um, But then I took classes like about the energy system and learning about our grid and like what the transition to renewable and clean energy really looks like. Or I took a circular economy class. So just learning all about circular business models and what it really means to be circular. And then it kind of all culminates at the end with a capstone project, which is sort of like your thesis, but you're basically a consultant for the semester for a client. And so I did that and I focused my work on making their investment portfolio more sustainable or more environmentally friendly and also helping them come up with a DEI um, strategy um, compared to other companies that are doing it really well. That sounds super interesting. So it's like a little bit of science or just kind of understanding the science of it, but mm-hmm. then but then really like knowing how to apply it in in business ops and finance. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like when I, it's been a minute since I went to college, but um, after I did my undergrad, I, you know, during my kind of quarter life crisis, mm-hmm. um, I was like, maybe I should just go back and get my MBA. But kind of with a sustainability focus. Mm-hmm. And and there weren't really like even sustainability programs at that point. Like I feel like it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a relatively new thing. Totally. But I was like so set on that for a while, but it it kind of happened like I was studying for my what was it? The GMATs to get an mm-hmm. MBA. Um, and I got into that program, but at the exact same time like my first business like took off. Oh wow. So I was like what was your um, first business? So I like dyed these ombre tights and they like, mm-hmm. yeah, they went viral on like Pinterest and TikTok. Like you can just Google Tiffany Jew ombre tights and all this stuff will show up. But that's so cool. Um, but yeah, it was like super, like the stars were doing something weird in the, <laughs> the, the universe because like all this stuff just happened at the same time and it took me on this like crazy path. Um, but I was super, I was like super just like about to give up f- uh, pursuing anything fashion because there's such a, there's such a like struggle to kind of reconcile that when you're in, when you're into sustainability, but then you also are into fashion mm-hmm. and like, it's something I love. Like I love style and I love making things, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but this is just like creating something that didn't need to be created or like it's all gonna end up in the trash anyway (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so just like reconciling that for most of my 20s I've sort of shifted my mindset with it to like with everything to try and think about like all the possibilities instead of all the things we can no longer do because it helps my mindset to keep being optimistic and excited and so I think Mm -hmm. about like I also love fashion and I love shopping secondhand because it's like almost more of an adventure, but sometimes it can also get a little frustrating if I can't find something. 
And so I kind of have like made it a little bit of a game of like how many times and different ways I can style different things um, instead of thinking like, oh, I need something new. Like I'll think like, okay, like I can take like an old shirt and, and try this or take my husband's shirt and try that, you know, and or like borrow from friends. So I try to make it more of like all the possibilities because otherwise I think I would be drowning in the dread of like all the things we can no longer do um totally and also when I bring something into my world whether it's my closet or my kitchen or an accessory I really try to think about how many times I'm going to use it Mm -hmm. and also what am I going to do when I no longer want it so like is it compostable or is it is it something that's going to last so I can pass it on to my friends I have two sisters and two sisters-in-law so like there's a lot of females to go around. My mom loves getting things that I no longer want. So I try to think about it a little bit more positively so that I can keep staying excited about it. Totally. I think Gen Z does that super, super well. I mean, they really, you know, made thrifting a whole thing. Totally. And just the aesthetic even, I feel like is so centered around just like layering pieces and like miss not being afraid to mismatch or just kind of like put everything on <laughs> yeah and like just, and it's like all it second hand yeah yeah totally totally so I love that um side note I think you should make more TikToks with your mom <laughs> <laughs> she would love to hear that okay I only saw her once I think in your feet once or twice and I'm like this lady is gold She's with her little, she has her little like pearl, like glasses (laughs) thing. And then she's like duct taping like a sugar bin. (laughs) She always says to me, like, I'm willing, like you could record me, but like, don't show my face because like, I'm still in my pajamas and I'm like, okay, like, okay. (laughs) And then like my family, like, I don't know if you saw our family outfit of the day from our vacation. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it because she is really the star of the show. Oh, really? Okay, I'll have to look for that and one. And my family is all so kind. Like I said, we're doing a fam- family outfit of the day and everyone was like, okay. And like I taught <laughs> my parents the concept over the summer and, and they're just like, so I just say like where everything's from. I'm like, exactly. And my dad's like, no one cares where my outfit is from. I'm like, trust me, <laughs> they care. They care. <laughs> So my parents are have gotten pretty into it, and I love That's them for that. So funny! You should like get um, even just saying those things like on the camera, just like who cares where I got this stuff from? Yeah, It'd be so funny. Yeah. So where are you in your life right now? I mean, you're in Brooklyn. You're freelancing and like helping businesses with their kind of impact plans and um, and what else? Yeah, exactly. I'm. I just finished my master's, so I'm freelancing, like kind of deciding if I'm going to take my freelancing thing full time or kind of go um, and do a full time sustainability job while I continue freelancing on the side. Um, But that's like mainly what I focus my time on. I mean, I I really just think that there are so many elements of this sustainable world that have become buzzwords and we're not really taking a step back to really explain them. Um, and I think that's like, like in the video I stitched from, from your page, I think that's like where a lot of the greenwashing comes in. I think it's really the brand's responsibilities to really be transparent and explain things at every step of the way, instead of just throwing out these terms. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw 
the other day I was at my friend's apartment and I saw this like soap bottle, a plastic bottle of soap, and it said on it biodegradable, just like mm. across the top. It said biodegradable. Yeah. And I stared at it in the bathroom thinking like, is the soap biodegradable? Is the bottle biodegradable? And then I thought to myself like, well, really both always are because like soap is always going to biodegrade and so is plastic. It just takes a thousand years. Yeah. And so I think, you know, when we make, when brands are making these claims like biodegradability, there should be some explanation as to like, this is how we define biodegradable. This means that it will naturally break down in this amount of time. You know, obviously mm -hmm. it didn't say that on the soap bottle. And, you know, yeah. that's just like how my brain works standing in the bathroom. But I, that's like really what I want to focus on is helping brands be more strategic in their sustainability and like eco communications and branding. Um, because I think there are so many brands that are doing incredible things that aren't branded or marketed as a sustainable brand. And I yeah. think that's that's amazing, right? Like I think that's right. the future, that brands have this element where they're really focusing on sustainability and how it's affecting the planet in its you know afterlife and how people use it. But so many brands are really missing that message to, to just be transparent. And that's why I loved your video so much. And that's why I was so passionate to stitch it. Was it the green, the like greenwash, the one where we're like, we greenwashed. Yeah, when you we said accidentally like we accidentally greenwashed. greenwashed. Yeah. I think what we've missed in this sustainability journey is that we sort of all of a sudden have expected brands to be five years ahead of society. Mm. And I believe strongly that brands, while they have more money and power and like ability to make decisions, brands are made up of people, right? So yeah. Like chunks is just 15 people. I mean, 15 is a lot of people, you know, from one. Yeah. But if you think about it, it's 15 people making decisions. Mm -hmm. And so I think we lose sight of that a lot. And we say yeah. like, well, businesses should have it figured out. Right. And yeah, bigger businesses have the resources to hire people to help them figure it out. But they're figuring it out just like we are as individuals. Things Absolutely. are constantly changing regulations are changing, definitions are changing, products and innovations are changing of what's possible yes. and prices of what's like financially feasible for businesses. And so I get really excited to help brands be a part of that and effectively communicate it, right? Like mm -hmm. I think we can't be holding businesses to this 100% standard because it's just not possible and so if, if all brands were more transparent, like you guys were in that video when you were like, we accidentally greenwashed, like I was like, that's amazing. Like, do you know the amount of times in my sustainability journey I've bought something and then I brought it home and I was like, shit, this is not what I thought it was. Or I bought something online or, you know, and I, that's like really what I want to be focusing on. And I think there are so many businesses that need that push because instead they're trying to make this like aesthetic, perfect, sustainable, zero waste campaign. And then you really dig into it and you're like, no, no, that's not what this is. And totally. if they had just been transparent, it would have been so much better. Yeah. Well, I think, I think companies, you know, they exist to make money. Number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, I think we live in a culture that's like afraid to make mistakes. Companies too. Because we've totally. seen how burned everyone gets 
totally. for making mistakes. And I think it's time to kind of also, uh, you know, address that in ourselves and like allow ourselves to make mistakes. And I think that's a huge like grounding principle for our company coming back to that is like, mm. if something feels funny, something we did in the past or something we're about to do, like, let's not shame ourselves for that. Mm-hmm. Let's acknowledge that and then like move forward in a way where we don't have to feel shame about about totally. it. Like even yes, the other day, me and Tasha were doing like a um, a TikTok about stepping on a claw and seeing if it lasts because that's like a, a thing. Yeah, <laughs> stepping on hair claws. <laughs> And so they did it and they thought it was like all good, but then they noticed one tooth broke off. So I think we were kind of discussing that like, oh, they were like, should we do, should we post that? And I'm like, yeah, let's just like be honest about it. It broke because like, let's be real. They're not like indestructible. But also if one tooth is missing, I can still use it. Like it's fine. So just being like super honest. Yeah, totally. And I think you're right. I think we're all, and I think about this a lot in my content creation, like as an individual content creator, I'm also super scared to make a mistake. But I think if we change the narrative of like, you know, I always say like, I'm an imperfect environmentalist. And like, if a company comes out from the start and says like, we are not zero waste, but we are trying to, you know, that I, I think it's harder for people to then come at them and be like, you made all these claims because the business could then say like, well, yes, but we also said from the start that we were trying. And obviously, depending on the company, there's different standards that they'll be held to. But I think, you know, it's interesting, something I've been thinking about a lot is what you said of like, businesses are here to make money. And I was at an event last week with one of um, like an incredible sustainable brand based in New York City. And they were talking about this concept of, you know, that they still want everyone to buy their products. Right. And they still want people to buy more of their products, even though they're focused on sustainability. But I think what makes their company really cool. And and this is what one of the founders said, is that the way that we make the switch and make it possible for businesses to still focus on making money is for it to not be business as usual, right? Mm. So their specific business is completely circular. And so when you're done with their product, you can send it back and it can be broken down and be made into into something new. Oh, what so, brand is this? Thousand Fell, the sneakers. Okay. They're amazing. Like literally okay. the most comfortable shoes. And, and they're designed in a way that it really can be broken down. And it's all completely recycled materials and it's all recyclable so he was sort of explaining that like yeah in business as usual if we stick with business as usual that you know you continue to sell products and we continue to want to sell more and more and more then we we can't do that in the name of sustainability but if you if we switch what business is defined as so for them you know if they sell more and more and more sneakers. First of all, in theory, it also means that people are no longer buying Nikes and Adidas and all these other horrible brands. But also, if people buy into their new business model, then they can send them back and all of the parts can be taken apart to then be made into something new. And even though they're pushing more product, it's not contributing to our waste problem. And so I thought that was so interesting because so often I hear what you're saying of like businesses being like, yeah, but we have to make money. 
And it's like, yes, we do. Everyone does. As a freelancer, like, I need to make money. But how can we shift what we define business as? Mm. I thought that was so interesting to think about. I love that. I'm going to have to do some research on this brand. Thousand Fells. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're amazing. Cool. Yeah, I think it's, I think we still do live in this kind of black, white, um, everything has to be bad or good. And I think like, I think it's happening, but we're kind of realizing, no, there's like, there can always be two truths that exist at the same time. Like a company needs to make money, but then we can also do it from a lens where we care about certain things and we are putting things in front of money. Totally. Um, yeah, I think it's a general generational shift and we'll see it. We'll see it. But I do think like everyone has to be accountable. We cannot just say, look, the businesses need to be better about this and they need to be totally perfect. Like we also have to like educate ourselves and make smart choices that maybe this is like something I have to save up for, but it's like the better choice. Um, totally. Yeah. Fast fashion being a good example of that. Like we get we get it. People are on a budget. <laughs> they only have so much. But at the end of the day, we can all do with like less and make smarter shopping choices as totally. consumers. And we all vote with our dollars. Right. So if we spend with those brands that are doing a good job, then there will yeah. be more brands like that. Exactly. And I think there's also this like common myth or misconception that like living sustainably is more expensive. And I think that that really misses the mark. And I think that, you know, just in your example of like fast fashion versus not, I think it's not, you know, I personally don't shop fast fashion because I have the privilege to be able to make that choice. And I instead have the time to shop secondhand. But the reason why it's a myth is because, first of all, the people that are shopping at fast fashion stores because they really need it, those people are not the problem. Mm -hmm. if, every, if only people who needed to shop at fast fashion stores were the ones that were shopping there, the, the facts and figures would look really different. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's not just like, and not, like you said, it's not all black and white, right? Like, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, that it's not like across the board. It, I don't think we can make the statement that like fast fashion is always bad, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have a pair of Forever 21 pants in my closet and I have had them for almost 10 years. I think they're <laughs> one of my favorite going. pairs of pants. They're perfect. Like, I don't think I'll ever find a more perfect pair of black pants. Mm. And that's not to say that I'm like running to Forever 21 again to buy another yeah. pair. But if if you can only afford, I don't know how much Forever 21 charges for pants now, but let's say $25, go to Forever 21, buy the $25 pairs of pair of pants and keep them for 10 years or keep them for as long as possible and, and take care of them. Because I think another element with where money plays a factor is also that it's psychologically, we don't take care of the things that are mm -hmm. cheaper. Mm -hmm. I know, especially growing up when like my mom would buy me a special dress, I would hang it up so nicely, make sure it didn't get ruined and really took care of it. If I went to the mall with my friends and I bought a dress from Forever 21, that was on the floor as soon as I got home. Right. And I was just like, whatever, it's like $10, like it doesn't matter. And, and it's all about like 
our mindset shift. Mm. So it's not just where you're shopping, but it's how you're shopping, how often, like how are you using the products? How are you taking care of them? And I think that to your point that it's like not only on businesses, that's something that only individuals yeah. can really play a role in. I have seen a few businesses, which I think this is so amazing that like two days after I've bought something from them or whatever the number of days is, they have this like automated email of like how to properly take care of the garment. Um, I think like Patagonia does that, which like obviously Patagonia is amazing. Yes. But um, <laughs> I thought that was, it's a new product. You know, it wasn't recycled materials. It wasn't secondhand. So I was still buying something new, but I was like, this is a great way for a brand to participate in the conversation and to encourage sustainability, you know, in this, I thought, innovative way. And I think yeah. that, I think it's, it's to your point, like not everything is black and white and, and I'm going to put it out there. Like, I think we should actually start to remove the word sustainable from our conversations. Yeah, honestly, I think greenwashing happens a lot of times, you know, sustainability, eco-friendly, it's all so new. I mean, we can say like, it's been around for 10 years, but it's only been around for that long. And like, we, I think people use those words when they don't know what else to say, or because it's such a nuanced conversation and we don't have the room on the tag, you know, it's just this umbrella term. Totally. That we that like especially brands use just to cover all the bases. Right. But obviously there are so many ways, so many ways. Every business is different, every person is different, and everyone does sustainability differently. Yeah. And I think I think, yeah, to your point, like on a tag, it's like or on a label, it's really, really hard. Like I help my sister, she has a small business and I help her design her labels. And we're always talking about like the exact word we're gonna put in that place. So I totally get that. But I guess I think like on websites where you have maybe more space Mm -hmm. or in content that's being created, I I really am trying myself to shift away from like, this is more sustainable than that. And instead use words like, this is less water intensive. This is less energy intensive. This is less, like we'll produce less emissions in the process. Because I think that that also makes it clearer to to the person of the consumer of the content to understand like, well, what do you mean when you say this is more sustainable? Yeah. And then people will really start to understand more like, okay, so we're trying to use less energy. We're trying to have less emissions. We're trying to use less water. And because sustainability as it's grown has become this like buzzword that means everything, but mm-hmm. also simultaneously has come to mean nothing. Yeah, totally. And as everyone's learning, it could play a role in the education and yeah, it hasn't been around that long. You know, it, I mean, it's it's been a thing, but it it it's still growing. It's still changing and trending. And I think there's a lot more for us to see. Yeah, we're still in the evolution of it. And so that that definitely makes me hopeful. I think we've also just gone through like a weird couple years where like we, this bubble happened. This bubble happened in a lot of different weird places. And now we're seeing the kind of deflation in a lot, like even this de-influencer thing, like trend. I'm, I love it first of all, but I just think it's so funny that we see this, this deflating bubble now of like all these things that got overhyped and now we're like, okay, let's, let's calm down. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting, like what you're saying about sustainability and also like now this de-influencing element. It's so interesting because, and like we don't need to bring politics in this, but 
mm. in certain political conversations that I have had, people have said like, yes, this has happened before, but never in the age of social media. Mm. And so I think it's also interesting that as sustainability is growing, that it's happening in the age of social media. And it's the same thing with de-influencing. Obviously, influencing is from social media and everything. But it's interesting to have put like the social media lens on it and just to see how that changes and evolves the conversation. Um, and I think the de-influencing trend is there are parts of it that I love and there are parts of it that I think are really interesting, but there are other parts that I think people are sort of confusing de-influencing and decluttering. And I mean, I had like a whole declutter December series. Like I think decluttering is really useful, really helpful, really important, but the two aren't the same. And you see a lot of these de-influencing videos showing like, you don't need 10 mugs or whatever. You don't need 50 mugs. So like, let's narrow it down to 10 that you actually use. And to me, that's not de-influencing, that's decluttering. Yeah. And I just think the distinction is important. Like I, I'm very obsessed with language and like how we communicate our words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting to sort of watch like in the age of social media, how the two have kind of become one of, I think de-influencing is really important. And I think decluttering is really important, but I think we need to keep the two separate. Interesting. And it's just is a it's a little interesting because I think it's losing a little bit of the strength when we confuse the two. Right, right. For people who don't know, what is this de-influencing trend? So I started to see it around the beginning of the new year. Mm. Um, I think where people started to frankly declutter their homes. And I think it was just this realization from so many people of like, we've been influenced that we need like even if you have like warm winter boots, you also now need the Ugg mini boots. And I don't even know what they are, but um, everyone's talking about them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or I mean, and it's like, everyone's talking about like Charlotte Tilbury. Like I don't have anything from that brand, but like, I know it's a makeup brand. Um, I sound like I don't know anything about like society, but I I really do, I promise. (laughs) Um, But basically, it's this trend of kind of saying that like influencers and like in the age of social media, we're constantly being influenced and and told we need a new thing. We need yet another mascara. That's like another trend on TikTok right now that I don't really understand the whole mascara thing. But anyways, um, (laughs) um, there's a a mascara trend. Yeah, it's like all these people making like really serious videos of like, I got my mascara here, but like, and then it's like. But then they say something that like is so serious and like has nothing to do with their mascara. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't really get I it. I really don't know anything about society. So <laughs> No, I I've seen a few videos pop up about it and every time I'm like, I don't get what this has to do with your mascara. And like I get like there are TikTok trends that like build on each other, but like this yeah. one for some reason has gone right over my head and I just am like, it's okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna have it. <laughs> but um Yeah. So basically the de-influencing trend is just sort of, you know, showing that like, it's trying to say like, we don't, even though an influencer's bought something and like everyone's talking about the Stanley cups, like the reusable water bottle that you have at home is fine. You don't also need a Stanley cup. And, you know, it's talking about all these very trendy items, um, but it's sort of now gone into this also decluttering um, and just trying to like get rid of things in your house, um, which I think is also important. But again, I think it's sort of being blurred a little. Mm. 
Yeah, my like therapy me is like, well, we're obviously just came out of this age of anxiety where we're trying to fill the void, <laughs> fill the deep well of anxiety that we're all feeling. But I think that it's important in our evolution and just our personal evolution as individuals, as people of like this, we're always on a pendulum with everything. And like, that's what gives me hope too, is like, okay, we totally, we did all the things, we are doing a lot. And mm -hmm. now let's like pull it back. Cause that also feels great. Yeah. And I think also I saw someone else who like doesn't make any sustainability content. And this is like, you know, I said, like, I love when brands that aren't sustainable brands, like focused on sustainability initiatives. I saw this um, content creator, I'm blanking on her name right now, but she sh was showing that like, she was, she was like, I ran out of blush and she's like using her lipstick, like mm. literal, regular lipstick. And she's just like putting it on as blush. And her video is just like, you don't need blush. Like if you have a lipstick, you can use this. And I was like, yes, like this is amazing. Like, yeah, it's, it's a mindset shift of like, mm -hmm. do I need to run out and, and, and buy that new thing or can I use what I have? But totally. to your point, I do think there's, it's a lot about like the mental health of our society and like, whether it's like anxiety or depression or just like any of these other elements that like were definitely heightened in the past few years that there is this rush that you get when you buy something. And like, I yeah. can't deny that. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't even like let myself go into Target because like, just like the dopamine that I get by just like walking in is like insane. Like I couldn't, like my husband makes fun of me. Like he's like, why? Like we went to it. This was like a year or two ago. We were going to a movie and like in the mall, there was also a Target. And I was like, let's go in. He's like, we only have 10 minutes and we don't need anything. I'm like, let's just walk around. It'll be sick. And we're like walking around and he's like, is this what you wanted? And I was like, yes. Like, isn't this so much fun? He's like, no. And I was like, it's good we're going to a movie because I really can't buy anything then because I couldn't like bring it or whatever. But it's crazy. Like, yeah, when I get a package, like just like the euphoria of like opening it up, even when it's like my like subscription dishwasher tablets, I'm like, this is exciting. Yeah. The brain chemistry is real. Yeah. Oh, oh a million percent. <laughs> Speaking of like brain chemistry. I think like there's something to be said about being mindful about how it feels when things are decluttered and when we're using less and make that feel good because habits are only built when something feels good. So even just taking a moment and being like, "Ooh, my closet looks so slim <laughs> and like, you know, so pared down, like that feels good. I always yeah. try to build habits off of off of that. Yeah. So I have now moved like two or three times in the past few months. So I've been on this like big decluttering trend. Um, and I had a series on TikTok for the month of December, like declutter December, where I showed decluttering different items, but how you can actually get rid of them sustainably. So like just with a variety of resources, because I sort of got to this point where I've had, I have so many things and, you know, I, I said this in my content, like I will never be a minimalist. Like I am a maximalist through and through like you know, my mom is a hoarder. It's it's definitely like a genetic trait that's gotten passed down. Like you should see my grandma's <laughs> house. It's gotten progressively better, but I will say like out of my sister's, I got the hoarder trait. It's it's in me. <laughs> really? 
Oh, oh, totally. And I'll never be a minimalist, but in the decluttering, I really just noticed like actually how much lighter I felt. Yes, yes. And like even with my closet, like right now we're subletting, so I didn't bring that much stuff. And even just like the decision of what to wear is so much easier because I'm just like, this is what I have and it's all fine. Like, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I've always been like, yes, we should rewear our clothing, rewear our clothing. But I think what I was doing before was I had this full closet and I was rewearing the same 10 or 15 pieces, mm-hmm. but I kept everything else there for like, I don't know, for, I don't know what it was doing, but I was like, I need it. I need it. I need it. And as I started to get rid of things, I actually learned a little bit more about myself that for me, it's much easier to get rid of something when I know it's going to somebody who's going to use it. Mm, If someone wants something of mine, like right now I'm going through all my shoes and getting rid of them on TikTok. And I said to people like, if you're a size six and a half, you can have them pay for shipping and make a donation to an indigenous um, environmental organization. Like those are my two rules. It doesn't, I don't care how much you donate, just show me proof and I will ship you the shoes. Like, and if I know that someone else, like I've had these, I thrifted this pair of Hunter rain boots because I saw them at a thrift store like three years ago. And I was like, oh, I need these rain boots. And I literally think I've worn them once because like, they're just not my style. Yeah. And so rarely do I need a boot that's only good for rain. Like mm-hmm. I want like a style boot that's also waterproof. And I have that. So I always opt for that instead of the Hunter ones. And I've like been holding on to it because I'm like, no, these are good boots. These are good boots. Like I can't get rid of them. Right. And like someone, someone messaged me and she was like, I'm a six and a half. And I'm like, this gives me so much joy to actually send you the shoes instead of them like collecting dust on my end. Yeah. And there is like, you're right. There's this element of like mental declutter that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And that like, we really need to remember that. And hopefully that is something that comes out of this de-influencing decluttering trend. Yeah. I, I have to say like my my house is pretty pared down like I will say I'm not great at thrifting like I mostly buy new but I literally only have like six outfits (laughs) everyone on my team can attest I wear the (laughs) same shit like every day (laughs) I love is this a jumpsuit that you're wearing yeah yeah I I just yeah wild thing shout out to wild thing they like gave our whole team jumpsuits for for donating money but um no that's so nice but also and I think we need to get real for a second about goodwill because I feel like people think that they can just do a clean out every week and and haul it to goodwill and that's not great either that's not like okay I did my job and I can like wipe wipe my guilt clean yes exactly and that's what my whole declutter December was about. And actually somebody, when I, I posted about, you know, like one of these like stores, like consignment stores in New York city. Um, like I just, I I went to one and I got like an incredible bag and somebody messaged me back on, on Instagram saying like, yeah, but don't you think they should be better about like accepting more things and buying more things from people? Cause they're pretty picky when you like Mm, bring your things in to sell. And I said like, no, I actually don't think they should buy more things because I think the fact that things are becoming like people who do sell and are starting to realize that you can make money off of your clothing that you no longer wear. I think it's actually this great message that like 
Not all your clothing is valuable. So when you buy something, maybe think about its long-term value mm-hmm. instead of, oh, whatever, I'm just going to bring it to Goodwill. Because yeah. you're right. Like people drop it at Goodwill and it's like out of sight, out of mind. Right. People don't realize how what such a high percentage of Goodwill stuff still ends up in the landfill. I mean, they have totally. Like, the Goodwill stores, then they have the outlets. I think they have like then the bins, like there's multiple steps and still so many things are being sent to landfills and to the global South where things are just getting burned because they just don't need it. And it just shows like it's, we have so much stuff that we can't even properly give it away. I know. So I actually never bring things to Goodwill anymore. Clothing, I either recycle it or I sell it or I give it to a friend. Yeah. And yeah, I I just, I won't bring it to Goodwill anymore. Or my buy nothing group is like true and true. Number one, always use your Mm. buy nothing group. Yeah. Yeah. Buy nothing groups are great. There's like one in every neighborhood. So good. That's actually, that's actually the best. Like local, uh, keep it local as much as possible. Totally. I love yeah. my friends like they know now like if they're going through their closet if before they bring anything they know like to leave a bag for me mm-hmm. and like I get to go through it before they get rid of it and yeah. I was at my friend's house yesterday and she like gave me a few things and she was like I actually want to sell the rest and I was like no no sell the rest like if you think you can sell it great but like if you're going to bring it to goodwill give it to me instead yeah. because honestly like people don't understand like the quality that you need to bring the seasonality like People tend to go through their closets at the end of a season. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of winter, they're going to be bringing all their sweaters to Goodwill. Nobody wants a sweater in April. Like, right. that's not when people are buying sweaters. People are yeah. buying sweaters if they need them in November, December, January. Like, So people don't realize the seasonality and also the quality. Like, People are like, no, 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 someone needs this. Like, no. Someone doesn't need your white stained shirt. Like <laughs> there's plenty of not white stained shirts that they're going to buy instead. So yours is going to end up in the landfill. So maybe you should properly take care of it. I've actually just gotten on this kick of dyeing all my things, all mm, my stained yeah. white things. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think I dyed like everything white. I like talk about dopamine. Like I was like, this is so much fun. Um, I was like, to my husband, like, do you have anything else? Do you have anything else? And he was like, no, like. <laughs> nothing else and he like he was like I guess you can do these socks like and I was like okay like yeah I I saw that TikTok with you where your hand was like blue and I was like that girl has been dying something (laughs) my sister called me yesterday she was like so why did you decide to make so many videos when your hands looked like that and I was like to be honest I didn't really think about it she was like and nobody said anything and I was like I was like, she was like, you look like you have an illness. I was like, the illness is being addicted to tie-dyeing. That's what my illness is. It's fun. It's, it's fun. like still on my nails. Like, I know. It takes a long time. Yeah. It's a process. So I know we've actually hit on this a lot throughout our conversation, but just to kind of wrap things up, like what are the best ways that someone, like what can we do as consumers just to, you know, live our lives in a more sustainable way? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think if I were to pick three things, Mm -hmm. I would say number one is use what you have. And with that, if you are going to buy something, try to buy it secondhand first. And if you can't, that's okay. But always try to go secondhand first. 
And whether it's secondhand or new, there's different numbers that you can use, but really think about how many times you're gonna use that item and what it's gonna replace in your life. I would say number two is compost. People Mm. don't realize how easy it is to compost. I have like a lot of things on my TikTok to help people compost. It's so easy, even if you live in a small apartment and it makes such a big difference. People don't realize that when food goes to a landfill, it actually breaks down and emits methane. Mm -hmm. People think like, no, it's biodegradable, no big deal. Um, And then number three, this might sound crazy, but I would really just say like, do your best. And yeah. like, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Because if everybody did their best, our world would be in a much different place. And everyone's best looks different, right? Like there's different health things that make people not be able to have certain diets or there's different physical abilities or disabilities that make it not feasible to do certain things. So whatever is the best is within your realm and whatever is feasible, whether it's your diet or whether it's your closet or whether it's how you clean, take it one by one and just do your best because I thank you for it. And if everyone did that, we would be in a much different place. Totally. Totally. I love that. Like just doing your best sounds, you know, just very like generic, but it's so true because when you do your best, you inspire other people to do their best. And also when you are rooted in doing your best I feel like you don't also you also don't feel the need to like shame others for mistakes and it's just like we all know that we're all doing our best exactly and if you're like truly doing your best like then like you'll grow in it you know and and you'll be able to educate others and you'll understand like it's not black and white right like when you really take it on like you don't need to throw out all the containers you have like just it's not so complicated. You don't have to overhaul your whole kitchen. Just yeah. use what you have. And when you finish one thing, look for a more sustainable option that you can afford. Yeah. And I also love just like before you buy something, think about think about it in the context of like it coming into your house and being part of your life and how are you how what's the end of the life cycle for this product like how are you also going to get rid of it if you are buying something you also have the responsibility to like get rid of it and what does that look like yeah exactly especially with like trending items mm-hmm. of like especially in the age of social media like things come and go so quickly so think about like how long do you think this is really going to last or better yet like do you really love it beyond whatever trend exists yeah yeah totally that's something I've been working on a lot (laughs) I love that I love that awesome well thank you so much Rebecca for your time and just your expertise and your advice of course I love this thank you so much for having me awesome okay have a great day and we'll see you you on TikTok yeah (laughs) can't wait (laughs) okay bye bye For our guest today, Rebecca, you could find her on TikTok and Instagram. Her handle is at Robex, R-O-B-E-C-S, on TikTok and Instagram. So if you like this episode, rate and review and subscribe to the show. Did you know that you could rate and review every episode? And it really, really helps us out, truly. So um, you can find us on IG and TikTok at chunks.shop. And please send us a DM if you have any topics you'd like us to talk about in the future. Thanks. Bye.